Hemshechayim Beids, page 160, we're in the middle of chapter 84. So chapter 84, continuing from chapter 83, begins by citing the Pardis, the Shara Kinuyim. Analyzing the concept of a number. So in chapter 83, the main focus was the Pardis in Sharches, Perig Beis, the meaning of Sfira, that Sfira comes from the word Misper. There he explained that um, the, mean, the, the language of the, of the Pardis, which was that Sfira Shapirish, Yesh Misper, Ka Misper, Mabali Agvul. Because number signifies gvul, finite structure. Even though the spheres and atzilus are not per se um, finite entities, but relative to their root, they are finite, as he explains, what that means, finite in its revelation. That it reveals the power of the finite of the divine. So it's not finite as we define finite by real, substantial, and concrete parameters. It's finite by revealing that which was there before. And and in relation to their effect on us, as he explained that in Atzilus, the spheres themselves are infinite. Chesed is ain't safe as Pashtuse. It can extend infinitely because it's a divine power. Right. But its real power is that it limits the flow from outside of Atzilus. Similar to, let's say, uh, the expansion, the given, the example given, like a hand that can write many, op- many different ways. And, but it limits the flow to a certain, this is the way I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to right now express it. So from the perspective of the hand, or perspective of the teacher who can teach an infinite amount of wisdom, he's concealing part of it. So within the teacher, it's still in a state of bligvul, you can say. Relatively speaking, obviously. But from the perspective of the student, or perspective of the flow going out of the teacher to the student, not even the students yet, just the flow, it, is, uh, it limits the flow. So Atzillus is uh, somewhat like you can, uh, you know, I'm thinking of it, maybe it's almost like a, if you remember, actually, he doesn't quote it here, but now it's very interesting, the Mareches, all the way back in chapter 8, I believe, he brought, he said, the Mareches says like this, I'm just reading it here. Atzilus Salti. Remember that Rebbe Rashab is relying a lot of what he wrote earlier. He's not repeating everything. But he says, So he says, What is Atzilus? Nothing new. It's not like a new entity, for example, like we spoke about a physical entity that doesn't feel its source. Atzilus is constantly aware and cognizant of its source. But it's the gilia keich ha-komus v'achosum b'keich It reveals the power that is concealed and sealed and locked and hidden within Elokus. So we talk about Esosphere Sagnusis, we're really just talking Shem HaMushul, we're just talking a language for us to be able to speak. So we say, it says actually in Eitzchayim, Esosphere Sagnusis, there's no ten spheres there. It's a language because we're speaking of how, where did it come from, so there's a root for it. But Atzillus is an actual existence, an entity, and all it is is revealing that which was concealed. So, re- relation to its source, yes, you can't call it pure bleak wool because it's definitely revealing ten spheres, and Adis and Kalim. 
But in relation to anything below Atzilus, it is really just the revelation of the, 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 the finite power of God to create existence. So we said yesterday it could be compared to, let's say, speaking, the artist speaking the piece of art, instead of just thinking about it. Or, huh? He didn't say the mouth. No, he doesn't say that. He says in the previous chapter, that's Atzilus. Dibur, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't comp- so on this chapter he talks about Malchus. He doesn't mention Malchus. And yeah, Dibur generally is Malchus, but there he just says, that's right, at the end of the chapter he says, because that, that's why right. He doesn't go into the details of it. That could be a Tivo, that could be the more specific. That's why he goes now in more specific. That's a good way of explaining it, but he doesn't say it uh, literally. That's what I'm just saying, that's all. Malchus? I don't remember Malchus in the previous chapter. I think but Kavona not. Because Malchus only comes in this chapter. Let's put it this way. In general, we're talking about Silas. Now, in this chapter, that's what I'm going to lead to now. I was just summing up that. So there we say it's Dibur. That's why you count with Dibur. Because there he's talking Sfirah's Bechlal. The part that says Sfirah is from the word Misper. Which Sfirah? All the Sfirahs of Atzillus. It's not uh, distinguishing. In this chapter now, now that he established that, so bottom line, so bottom line is Atzillus is, in the context of number, it's revealing a hidden element that was there before. Exactly, the same Asis, exactly. That's why, uh, yeah. He doesn't, he says, in the chapter throughout, he says, commotion is Baraleel, commotion is Baraleel. But yeah, when you look there, this, this, this chapter 80, 83 is very consistent with that whole Gilead Helm that he speaks earlier about what Atzillus is. But now, he's speaking, as we spoke, more in terms of how the finite comes into being. Remember, again, there's two elements in the finite. There's God's power to create finite. For all practical purposes, from God's perspective, they're just as powerful as the infinite. And there's from our perspective what finite is. From our perspective, finite is, the defi- is, is reality. We don't relate to the infinite. But if you talk from God's perspective, the finite is just another power of His. The question, however, is how do these two meet? How does God's power of finite, so to speak, connect to our relationship with finite, which is so tangible and concrete? I think that's really the key element that we have to address. And that's why we keep, you know, you get stuck because we keep determining, we, we talk about finite and number based on how we understand number. Okay, but that's, so Atzillus is essentially the meeting point. Because Atzillus reveals the number to us, which in turn in Briah will take on shape and form and substance and become real defined, a real defined structure. So Atzillus is a revelation of the ten, Eiris and Kalim, but it's still on Atzillus level. And then comes how, it's, then, then there's the real Gvul, as he says, Gvul Mamash, Akbola Mamash, Let's put it this way. We're the recipient. Like if the teacher is now communicating that there's ten within him, we, the recipient, are only hearing the ten. The biyah is like the makabal. is receiving and saying, okay, these are now the ten. Until we come to a world like ours, where it's completely defined by, by structure. But that's why I gave the examples of the seed of, of uh, early stages, even in the physical world, where you see something that comes later, multi- multiplicity, it really originates in one form, which we can't even tell there the number. Even though, there's no question, a child that has 248 organs, were all included in the original uh, seed, or in the original, uh, but, what is this, fertilized seed. 
the fertilized, the fertilized egg rather. It's all there. So that's just an example. But the idea is that we're trying to have this meeting place. So that's where Atzilus is Gilead Helam. Now in this chapter 84, he goes, he brings another part. It's not talking about, in general, the Sviris of Atzilus, he says the number, in other words, more specifically, numbers associated to Malchus. Which, as you pointed out, you could clearly say that what he said before Dibur, in general about Atzilus, is obviously most manifest because Malchus is Dibur. He doesn't say it specifically, maybe later. Maybe later he alludes to it. But, doesn't, but, but the bottom line is, now the Shad, look, the Shad Kavanas of the Padis, Misprayom, is not contradicting the other Padis. Clearly he's talking now, everything is microcosm, macrocosm. Yeah, but, but he's specifically not mentioning Malchus, because the Malchus is not, is absolute, here he's not talking about Malchus, he's talking about the ten spheres of Atzillus. Sphere comes from the word Misper. In this chapter, he starts saying, now Misper Hayomim, when you talk Misper Hayomim, the meaning of Misper Hayomim, this is Malchus. And the, the words of the, of the Pardis, which are somewhat cryptic on their own, but Apichsidis, you understand it. He says, why? Ki because Malchus is the Cheshbon of Misper Liyom El In other words, there's a state of energy, the six energies of the six Midas, which is also a number. But if you really want to, uh, in, in somewhat concrete, uh, concrete, somewhat distinct way, that's in Malchus. Because without Malchus, you know, Malchus reveals these higher, I'm reading the part this year, in other words, Malchus reveals that which is there in the in the six yomim, which is the six midas, like a cheshbon, like a total, like a when you when you add something up, the sum total is is hagbolos adover hanimne. The is it's the. It the, defines the parameters of the thing that is being counted. And from this definition, from this sum total, it reveals that which was there before. In other words, you could have a bunch of energy, but it's not measured. Malchus is so-called the measurer, if you wish, or the, the accountant, the one that adds it up. That is the revelation of all the spheres of the Midas. And the Sarebbe Rashab explains that this is what we said earlier, Sham Misper is Galus Mahel. In other words, Misper is nothing new. All it is is being revealing that which was there before concealed. But there, before, it was not yet in a state of a number. And here, in Malchus, it becomes an actual defined number. So one, what does it mean? It's not Hagbola, it's Chalka. So of course, he's, he's splitting the hair here to understand, as we said, Hagbola is two elements in defi- defined. One is Hagbola, if you remember the word was, Hagbola Shabchinus is Galos Levad. Hagbola means that it's only revealing uh, that which was concealed. And then there's Hag- real Hagbola. So we're talking clearly three levels. One level that's really ain't Bligvul Mamish. Then we're talking about relative Bligvul. And then we're talking about real Gvul. Or the other way around. You could talk... Gvul mamish, then there's gvul that's not really literal gvul, it's only there's galas, the revelation of gvul, which is the number. Okay. He gave the mushroom of the seed. Hmm? He gave the mushroom of the seed. 
I gave the mushal. Yeah. That was one mushal. I mean, it's my mushal. It's not exact mushal because it's all within the physical. But so I'm just reviewing the beginning of chapter four. This is what Malchus called Mispar Hayom. The Yom Melyanim which are also a number. There are six, and they're the root of the six thousand six millennia, the six thousand years. Nevertheless, they're still in a state that is called conceptual. They're still in a somewhat of a more abstract state. And the Malchus, that's where they become Akbolov is Chalkush. And that's how they become revealed. Through that revealed. In other words, he's connecting revelation with number. That's for sure. Yeah. With number. Number is basically the revelation of something that was there. Through this comes the gili. In other words, if somebody gives you, let's say, a, a gift, he's going to say this a little later in the example, we'll learn it soon. Someone gives you a tremendous gift, um, whatever it may be. We're talking about a quality gift. There's a lot of quality in it. We're not talking about just... Uh, so then you open up the gift... It's all in there, the treasure chest. And then you start counting. Let's say a treasure chest with, with millions of dollars. Or, or valuable, precious stones that are worth millions of dollars. You have no idea what the number is. You just see it's valuable. And you see as an entity, it's a very, qualitatively, it's a very powerful thing. Then you start counting it. And then you appreciate the value of it. But the counting, what you're counting is there before too. You just don't know the number. When you see the number, you realize, wow, this is something, uh, you know, because we relate to the world. Of, uh. So number, in the sense, is revealing, Malchus, essentially revealing the treasure of the Yom Emel Yainim. Chesed, Gvur, Teferes, Netzach, Heid, Yisait. Number is different than assessing the property value, let's say, or the value of something. Yeah, you could say the value. He doesn't say the cheshbon is also chshivas. I mean, because numbers is you're basically dividing each each individual number is a separate entity. No, but you're also appreciating. When you're assessing the value of something, then you're not dividing anything. You're just saying that. Number. Assessing, you have to if you give a number to something, you say this is the amount That's that has to be counted. Total amount. Fine. You're dividing one, two, three. You're making separate. I think this is where he's going. Once, once, I'm not sure what you're saying. Counting is counting. It's appreciating. Something that was concealed before, you didn't know the number, the amount, and now you know the amount. I'm talking very physically here. You get something that has a lot. Same thing you could say is even in Seichel. Someone shares with you an idea. It's a very powerful idea. Then when you break it down, you break it down into a whole bunch of pieces. I mean, that's all that I'm saying here. There's nothing, basically, I just gave an example of how Cheshman reveals something which was there before, but now, now, as it's broken down, as he says, so by counting it, you actually, it reveals the value of it. Well, by counting it, there are pineapples in a basket, you're counting one, two, three, you got to ten, you say there's pineapples here. But, but there's another way how to do it, is by assessing the value of these apples. So if not counting it, you're saying the value is uh, whatever, three yeah, dollars. But how do you know it's three? Because ten times something. Each apple is, let's say, worth... 
Where are you finding these two different levels of cheshbon here? I just told you. I just gave you an example. A treasure chest that has, let's say, $10 million worth of, of diamonds. You have no idea that it's worth $10 million. You just know it's a lot. You get it. Now you start counting. You start counting. And then you, it, it's valued. What, what, what are you splitting here? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? Counting is counting. It, how do you know how much something is worth if you don't, if you don't count it, you can't. And then you appreciate. That's called gili. You appreciate. You appreciate then what's in there. You don't want like the word appreciate? No, the numerical value. The numerical value of the amount of... of what's it, what, are we talking dollars here or are we talking... What's no, the difference? Dollars. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't know if we have to go to dollars. We could just see the amount of how many stones are here or how many apples are here. But it's the stones. same thing. By knowing then the amount, you know the, you, you know the details of the value of it. That's basically the, the, the point here. It reveals. It reveals... The, the, the power of what you have there in specifics. I mean, I, I don't understand what the problem is. How many you have. Who cares? That, that, does that, is that a revelation? It brings you to value. What's, what's the difference? What difference? What difference? That's, that's and, 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 and that brings you to understand and appreciate the value. So. Why else would you want to know? What, what else? What, what, what importance is there to know the details? I mean, then? I'm just saying, what the importance? Why is it important to know the, the gili? Why is it important to reveal the number? That's you know, you're saying that on your own, huh? No, 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 no. That's, this, is not, this is not mathematics. This is Chassidus. He's talking about the value of Elokus. Right. Again, we're not talking here lines. We're talking Havana. Havana is coming to explain that Atsilis reveals the, in, the, 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 the powerful, finite element of Elokus. Malchus reveals the power that was there before of the Edus of uh, the Midas of the Yom Melyanim. That's the point here. I gave an example in pure. The fa- fact is, he's going to say this. But it's, yeah, and, and, it's, and, and it's implicit here too. It's also clear. But this is not a mathematic book. It's Chassidus. You remember I told you many times, you can't read lines of Chassidus. You have to understand this Havonah here. He's not talking about, if this was in a book of an accounting, you could say, yeah, we're only talking about that. This is a book of Chassidus. He's talking about a Lekus here. Malchus reveals power. Misput is a, is a power. It reveals that which was there before. That's what bottom line. I gave an example of having something you receive, and then when you count it, you reveals its 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 quality. I told you it's not a book of mathematics. It's, you're talking a deal in a word, and I'm talking a deal in Havonus and Yonim. You're talking about the Moshe or the Nimshel? I'm talking about the Nimshel. It's an example. Number is an example for Atzillus. It's an example for Malchus. Malchus is not just counting apples. Let's put it this you this way. You understand that? Malchus is not just counting apples. Malchus is... Absolutely. Can you explain to me the difference between quantity and quality when you talk about godliness? Explain that to me. If you understand that, then we'll talk. In apples, I keep telling you that we're not talking about the world of numbers. In apples, there's a difference in quantity and quality. In godliness, is there a difference in quantity and quality? It's going to be, by the way, he's going to be discussing this concept of quantity and quality. Huh? 
One second, one second. Remember I said before, there's the Kayach HaGvul of Ein Seif. Is that quality or quantity? That's pure quality. It's God's quality. He has two qualities. One, the power to infinite. One, power to finite. That's God. Now, in our world, we live in a world of quantity. We don't even know what quality is. until Now, Atzillus is a meeting place between a finite entity, a world like ours, with quantity and a quality thing. That's why I said to you, there's a meeting place between the Kayach Gvul of Ein Seif, which is, as he explained in the last chapter, that's that. And then, so Atzillus is that. Now, now, so when you talk about a number, what does Atzillus do? It's revealing uh, a, an element that was there before. If you're talking about the Hagbala of number, pure quantity, that's Biyah. That's what he said, that's Gvul Mamash. If you're talking about the quality of the quantity, so to speak, or the other way around, the power that's within the number. The, like he says, Hagbala B'chinis is Galus. That's revealing something which was there before, which is the divine power of the finite. That's the Sri Sagnusus. Then you're talking, that's what you're talking about, Silas. In Atzillus itself, that's Malchus. Malchus is revealing something which was there already before. That's why if you, if you turn it into quantity, basically you're, you're, that's what you do in this world. You're taking the quality that was concealed and you're defining and saying, here's what the quality consists of. Chesed, Gvurah, Tiferes, Netzach. No, this is exactly what he's saying here. There's nothing more to say. I mean, I, don't, I mean, this is not about apples and oranges. That's an example. This is about Malchus and the Sphiris. I'm, I'm not sure what's missing. What's missing here? Because we're talking about the mispah. Mispah is, is quantity, not, not quality yet. Okay. Yeah, in other words, he has... Okay, so you tell me the difference between mispah and biyah, mispah, not if, if, if it's not quality. Then, 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 what's the difference between the number? That's exactly what he's saying. Hagbola prince is galus levad. Anyway, this is my understanding of it. You have a different understanding of it. Fine, you know, it's all right. It's interesting what you're saying, because he really has... As far as saying word of quality, he didn't he didn't seem to miramis that at all. You're saying that it comes up, that's implicit. In Does he say the word kamos? Does he say the word quantity? Doesn't say quantity either. So no, I just I just said to you. You see, is the word to use echus? Doesn't use the word kamos. So I mean, so. And he says agbolus abchinus is galus levat keeps being the expression again and again. Galus is halkus is showing us that there were there were also there were qualities. Not just the general quality of, Ain, of the the power of, of limitation found by Abishter. That's one thing that's certainly revealed. That's certainly a quality that's revealed. What we're saying is that the his halkus and misbar is also revealing individual qualities. We, we, we talked about that before. We said as soon as you, we said that we said that we talked about before. We said as soon as you come under quantity, it has to be principally understood quality. We did talk about that. Before. It's not the first time we mentioned that. We mentioned that previously. Are you asking a question now? No, it's making. Let, let's talk English that I understand. This is all to me very cryptic. The, I, I, the English I understand is the following. We live in a world where a table is not a chair. Is that what you mean by quantity? Define quantity. Is that what you mean by quantity? A table, a chair, an animal, the, the, the sky. In other words, the whole distinctions of all the entities of this world. Animal, kingdom, mineral, vegetable, man. And within each one, ultimate amount of... Is that, is that by you quantity? 
to discern between between two objects, it has to be a quality change. And I just asked you, is that what you mean by quantity? I'm, I'm answering your question. By it's a yes or no question. No, certainly was not. I'm answering your question. It, you okay. know, it, a space-time life, you have to some some difference. Has to be some quality difference to make a quantity. It has to be some change to make a quantity. It's not a fair conversation. I'm defining quantity as I just defined it. If you have a different definition, so tell me a different definition. What's the definition? Quantity means that there are difference, difference in qualities between objects. One second. Is that quality or quantity? You just said quality. Quality is, you only have quantity because something is, it has difference in, quanti- in quality. Why is that relevant? If you have five oranges, is that five different qualities or five different quantities? In space, yeah. One, two, three, four, five. They can't be together. Otherwise, you have one. Okay. Definitely have quality changes. I mean, you really have. have So, you're saying quality and quantity is the same thing by you? I'm asking, is that what you're saying now? Quality changes in order to come up to quantity. Is Why is that relevant to our discussion? I asked what quantity is and what quality. Let's distinguish. Are you saying they're the same or they're not the same? I'm telling you they're not the same. You're saying they're the same. I think that they're, 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 you can't separate them. No, no, and I tell you you can't separate them. Absolutely. Why? How? The whole discussion here. In this world, quantity means distinct entities. People don't even talk about quality. Yes. Okay, but Who cares about quality? Who says you have to even talk about quality? You could, you could. How are you going to count? Unless you have different, you have different options. You count because one, two, three, four. Five dollars. Is there a difference between the value of one dollar and the other dollar? Ignore it. Five single dollars. Ignore the difference. You don't ignore. There is no difference. It's five of the equal five equal dollars. Spatially, one is here, one is here, one is here. Okay, okay. Let's let's do this another time because we're not talking the same language. We're not talking the same language. Pure quantity is five single dollars, where there's absolutely no difference between one and the next. Each dollar is basically the same, but each dollar has its own, it's its own separate entity. What does that mean? That means quantity. That's the distinction of quantity. Quality would be a one dollar bill and a five dollar bill. They're the same size, but their, their, their quality is different. That would be an obvious... That would be an obvious it's, I mean, I, listen, listen, listen. As I told you, I can explain it, I understand. If you have another way... By all means. Okay, but you have I mean, but we're not. But 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 you, but you can't impose your interpretation on mine because I'm not talking your language. Well, I don't see. I don't see why you're not talking my language. Okay, that I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you. I, all I can do is talk my language. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, pure quantity is what I just said. Distinction of one thing and the next without talking at all about their quality. They may have a quality difference. They may not have. You know, some people today value quantity and they don't value quality. There are people who have a lot of something and they don't have any quality in it. It's a, it's a common occurrence in this world. In, in Alakus, it's, uh, it, it doesn't work that way. Anyway, let's let... I'm, okay. Anyway, anyway, I'm the... Quantity and quality are not the same thing. That's the bottom line. The bottom line is, again, we're talking like this. God created a multifarious, a, a world of multiplicity. Many, uh, many structures. The general structure is ten spheres. But ten spheres, as we begin discussing, is the ten spheres of divine spheres. This is the revelation of God's power of the finite in the ten hidden spheres. In Atsilas, that's where it manifests. Before Atsilas, you cannot count it. Atsilas tells you there's the ten. Now, that's not Gvul Mamish. Gvul Mamish is when it becomes substance and concrete like in Biyah. In Atsilas, it's just a revelation, as he says, what is the Agbola? Hayin Agbola Shebchinus is Galus Levad. What is the Agbola here? That is defining, it's revealing the power of the Gvul of Ein That's basically what he's saying. And then there's Gvul as we count it one by one by one by one. 
That's why it's misper. Now he's going further and saying within Atzilus itself, the Midas are, are relatively speaking not a, not Hagbol of Ischalkus, like he says. Like he said, Zman. Say the Zmanim, more the idea, it's more conceptual time, the same thing, conceptual space, conceptual um, structure. And this is all connected to revealing. It reveals something which was there before, concealed. For, whether it's Atzillus in general or Malchus specifically. I gave the example of, and this example is not my own, it's an example from the Alter Rebbe that's going to be used later. But it's an example that works very well, my opinion. And that is, you get a treasure... And, you can, and it's all there, but it's not yet in a level where you can count it. Then when you start counting it, you start valuing it. Whether this is quantity or quality, obviously it's mostly quality. Because that's what it comes down to. But it's a quantity that helps you appreciate the quality. That's how I would put it. When you're talking about Elokos. When you're talking about oranges or dollars, may not be. It's still, I still think it is. Like for a person who gives you, gives you let's say, a, a wad of cash, a bunch of singles... You start counting. Yes, each each dollar bill is equal to another dollar bill, same value. But now you know you have now a million singles in your hand. That's a lot. That that appreciate you appreciate the the gift that you received. This is a revelation that comes through number. Nothing new was added. When you when you finish counting, nothing you didn't nothing, no new contribution happened here that wasn't there before. It's not like you got a new additional. But you do, you have an appreciation and you have a revelation of what was there. That's the bottom line. The question whether he's focusing purely, I, I know clear, clearly to me that Marshall, of course in the example you could say it's only purely, like I said, you count, you count. But why would someone count anything anyway if it's not to appreciate its value? Just to know how many there are. That's also value. You want to know how many oranges you have so you know how much you could eat. But that's, but it's, not, it's, it's really not the bottom line. The bottom line is, there's a revelation counting. Let's, let's move from there. Okay. okay. Now again, we, we, we're talking about a bridge between real gvul and the, and the power of the divine power of gvul. They're not the same thing. Real gvul is how we understand it. Real yeshes. Because let me, let me give an example. Like in Atsilas, as I said, the power, let's say, to write. As long as it's in Atsilas, it's still a form of bligvul, even though it's a chesed and gvura and so on. For many reasons. He explained it a little earlier as well. First of all, they're all divine, and they can go forever. It's just that the divine wants it to be chesed, not gvura. That's the only distinction. That's which is also the reason why they could, like he said before in the previous chapter, if you remember the parentheses, he said, they also are all the way interconnected. This chesed and gvura and gvura and chesed. Chesed could change into gvura. Remember we discussed because they, all the spheres have with them because because in their root they all come from one place. <coughs> and so it's on both sides. The energy on one hand has in it both chesed and gvura, but on the other hand, before it comes into kalim, they're interchangeable. All this demonstrates a certain uh, lack of structure. But on the other hand, it's also structure. This is the key interface that he's trying to explain in all these chapters. Atzillus is both structure and not structure at the same time. When I say not structure, not that it doesn't have esospheres, that the spheres themselves are in a, are in a lesser form of tangible structure as our reality is. 
I'm going to give an example in real life. Okay? Avish Yisrael. The Yerushalmi, Yerushalmi says, Talmud Yerushalmi, that it would be, it, it should be just as inconceivable that a right hand should hit a left hand that a human being should hit another. Why? Because we're part of one organism. So why is it possible? Not only possible, it's happening all the time. All the injustices, people hurt each other, even in subtle forms. Even if you're not hurting someone, you don't feel someone as much as you feel yourself. Like, you, like in your body, it's not that way. You don't feel your right arm more than you feel your left arm. The answer is because it's concealed. We don't feel it. It's concealed from us, this, this so-called integral unity. You go into Atzillus, there's no such thing. And Atzillus, Chesed, and Gvuda, and Teferas, they all know they're there. They all interact. In Toyu, as we'll learn much later, they don't know that. There's a certain spiritual selfishness or spiritual self-containment because of their intensity, whatever, whatever the reasons are. Not Yeshus as it is in Elam Hazah. In Elam Hazah is Toyu, the worst end of Toyu. Because we, we are Yesh. We're not just individuals. You and I can be an individual, but we have in a body, we also have individual, right arm, the left arm. Look in nature. Trees are not, are not animals, and animals are not minerals. Yet in nature there's a, there's a natural balance. So it's not distinction that separates, that divides us, creates divisiveness. It's the lack of understanding of the coordination of the distinction, or the importance of it. So in Elam Hazem, we don't just have Ischalkus. We have Yeshus and Ischalkus. That's, that, that's already a, uh, a potent uh, vol- uh, uh, combination. Yeah. Huh? Vol- right. But Ischalkus itself, if you go into Atzil, Ischalkus is part of Kayach Aliki. God wants. Kayach Agvuli wants to be Chesed Gvur. So if you go into a pure world, that would be total Avis Israel, total unity. Not because everything becomes one, not because Chesed becomes Gvur Gvur. Right, in other words, is, uh, that's why you have, for example, in the Briya sale, last week's parish, Okay, Echad, like the Medrash says, why does it say Yem Echad, not Rishin? You know, to say Rishin, Shein, Ishlishi? Because not the first, because Yem Echad, unity prevailed. Achdus Hashem. Er, that was the creation of Er. And Ebrishin says, Yem Echad, Kitev. Then comes day two. He creates separation. Separates the Rikia, the waters above and below. So it says, on this day it doesn't say Tev. There's no Vayim Elkim Kitev. Why? Because this day was the creation of Machlekes. Or more importantly, distinction. Right. Now, this doesn't mean Machlekes was created in day two that there was actual war. There was, there was no one to war with. There was no one around. I mean, there was existence. It means that God created the potential of two entities. In day one, there can't be war even if they want to have. Because there's no two entities. Everything, oneness reigns. Day two, the idea of distinction. As soon as you have one and two, possibility for them to work in harmony, possibility for them to be divisive. Potential. So you can't say Tev. Three, day three, Teferas comes and Shalom, Machriya B'neim, shows that two, the three can reconcile between two or shows harmony, Shalom. So day three have two Tevs. Not just Tev for day three, because day two is also good. But it's not revealed good yet, because the Schalkas can turn to divisiveness. This, if we didn't have different opinions, we couldn't be divisive. But, we, but different opinion per se is not a bad thing. 
Day three shows you could have different opinions, and if you keep Dvar Hashem Zualacha, which means Hashem, you follow God, you have Bittl, two, two, two entities can, can work with each other, can complement each other, which is, of course, the purpose of existence. Everything throughout the creation is this way. God creates man and female, male and female as one, separates them. And then they find each other. Everything is this. God take Achdus Hashem, created a, a, as I said, a a multifarious world, filled with distinction. Potentially, it could all go in different directions. And not only potentially, unfortunately it has. Right? Everybody has their agenda. That's already the Yesh's part. That's because we don't feel the source. Or we don't, or we ignore the source. If we follow the source, like you, like a healthy human body. What, what, what's an unhealthy human body? Talk about autoimmune systems. When the immune system turns on itself, God forbid, if a, if, if, if an organ feel, the, uh, if, if the body feels that a certain organ is an intruder, what will it do? That's big trouble. But we look at a body in a healthy way, or we look at nature in a healthy way before humans get involved. It's full of diversity. I mean, there's no more. Diver- the worst world is unbelievable diverse, and yet there's some coordination going on. More just some. It's a coordination of one entity. The point I'm trying to make here is that if you talk about gvul as we understand it in this world, it already takes on also a shape of yesh. And once it's a yesh, you're not just talking about you're talking about a, yeah a number, but it's more than just we're distinct entities one two three four. You're talking about we're also entities that don't sense each other. Bria, maybe not be, in Asiya Gashmis, Chumris, that's where it is like that. In Atsilis, you have his Chalkos, but you don't have the uh, divisiveness. I'm just giving an example of this, how this would be an application. He's not actually using these words, he's not, he's not talking this Aveda, but this is an example. Higher than Atsilis, you don't even have. You have God's power to create the finite, but you don't have finite entities. A world of Atsilis would be exactly like our world. I'm not talking about the Gashmis of it. And the yeshes of it. I'm talking about a world with all the all the all the 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 infinite multitudes, multiplicity, but all totally coordinated. Which really tells you that it is. Uh, so it's a number. It's clearly a number because there's going to be a number of creatures. God chose a number. You know, He wants to have this, these. Let's say five million species, and you count actually five million. And you appreciate that which, well, that which is what God wanted to have. That's essentially what it comes down to. Atzilus is the meeting place between beyond number and number, essentially. Lower than Atzilus, you're getting now into real, what I would call quantity. Real, not just quantity, but then finally yeshes. Final real distinction to the point, real distinction, concrete distinction to the point of this, 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 this divisiveness. Again, not necessary, but potential. And remember, these are all stages of one reality as it evolves. So we're not talking about, we're talking about, right now we have Atsilas, Ambri, Yitzhira, and we have beyond Atsilas. It's all happening at the same time. But as different stages, dimensions of this, I hope that was helpful. It was to me at least. Okay. Well, that's why he keeps saying, because he keeps using the word. If you're looking back at last chapter, and I saw it a few times, that's why I'm emphasizing it so much. He keeps saying it's Hagbola, but it's Hagbola B'chinnis is Galus. Like if you look, if you look in the middle of the page, here, this key line here, there's a key line. He goes, it goes like this. Then he goes like this. 
In other words, there's two elements to Hagbala. Uh, that in Atzilus, the Hagbala is only a Hezgala, so it's only revealing the, the diversity of God's plan, basically. And in Biyah, it assumes Mitzis Yesh, Mamish. And that's Hezgachus, which also explains what means Hezgachus. Atzilus is not Hezgachus, because Atzilus is not, you know, what's new in this world is the Yesh's part. The idea that God wants a universe that is diverse, Atzilus knows that. Even Esosphere Sagnusis, in a way, knows that. I don't know if it's conscious. But what, 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 what is conscious is that it's disconnected, that it doesn't, that it doesn't senses itself, that we are essentially self-contained and entities, and we need to discover all this. That's a chiddush. That does not exist. That really is what Yeshma'ayin, by the way, means. As I explained yesterday, everything comes from God. Everything is Yeshma'ayin. Because everything is Gilead Helam. I mean, the Yesh is not a Gilead Helam. But it behaves not like Gilead Helam. It behaves like a Yesh. That's the key thing. Because it doesn't sense the Ayin. It's not like it doesn't come from God. Of course it comes from God. But its personality is a Yesh. Its personality is not a revelation. Its personality is a concealment. It's about itself, not about God. That's why the Altar Rebbe's Mechadish and Tanya, Nagar Sakadish, how do we have this feeling that we don't feel our source? Like, Atsilas can't have that. Atsilas is impossible for it to not feel its source. All it is is a revelation of its source. It would be like the sunlight not knowing there's a sun. That's impossible. So sunlight can't create a yesh. All sun can do is create, is, is, is emanate light, which reflects itself. Atmos, which is not a moya, which is not a source of light, he can create, because he has no source, can create something that shouldn't even feel its source, which is obviously a chiddush. Chiddush in the sense, not chiddush like uh, that from, from God, obviously for God to create Yesh Ma'ayin is just as easy for him to Gilead Helam. It's not the effort involved, it's the pers- it's the way it's created. Huh? Very, very important Yeah, yeah, because people make mistakes. Yesh Ma'ayin, they think something from nothing. First of all, it's not nothing, it's God. So it's not nothing. And second of all, so everything, everything, everything should lay better to God, or everything is better to God, you know? No, there is an element. One second, yeah. let me let me clarify. We're talking about this side of things. There's another. is nothing outside of godliness. Obviously, compared to the infinite amount of there, there Atzilus is also a chiddush. That's the other side of it. That's why this whole discussion that sometimes Atzilus is Gilead Helam. The best contrast is ourselves. That's the best because we for sure are not just Gilead Helam. We clearly look at look what we do most of the day. If not all the day. We're not busy uh, revealing godliness. It's not our, uh, we don't even feel it's our function. Or maybe we feel it, but we don't act it. That's what I, that, 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 that yesh is definitely something, that's the dirabitak, that's what God wants. Atzillah, the tiny says in Peiklamad Vov, from a point of view of Atzmas, Atzillah achieves nothing. All they're doing revealing what's there. The achievement is in this reality here. Now, Tzillus achieves for us and also for God, because God wants a plan and wants a interface. So obviously, Tzillus plays a role. But just for Tzillus itself, there was no if there was no lower levels, there would be no need for Sviris and no need for Tzillus. That's what he said clearly. Yeah. So the 
Everything the Ruchnis you could argue that way. That's what he says. He says in Tanya, Tachtin Shein Tachtin. It has to be the lowest of all levels, because anything above is just a revelation. So to, at the end of the day, Gashmis Chumris even more than Gashmis. That's why I said yesterday. I said several times. To understand these chapters, you have to take number as a symbol, basically as a, a broader term. It's not just talking about physical numbers here. We're talking about the description of of schalkos, or what means distinction and division and so on. Now, he, let, let, let's go on here. It, it, the plot thickens, yeah, trust me. this morning in the early year, and it's unbelievable. They talk about schalkos, and nobody... It's like we have to start all over. You just clarified, but for one hour, nobody knows. I thought it was the subjective thing. Like you just saying, it's so unbelievable. It's like we went from square one. We didn't understand anything we were talking about just now. So bring it back to them tomorrow. You heard it here, so go ahead. By all means, if they ask me, I'm, I'm more than happy to. If if I could be of help, I'd be happy to be of help. I've never uh, never uh, um, declined. Um, okay. Now he's going to explain this further. For Yuvin's um, or the bottom of uh, page 160. We will understand this according to what it says in the Siddur. The Siddur is referring to is the Mitla Rebbe composed, compiled, composed a Siddur called Siddurim Dach. This is this book. Um, and that is essentially, if he writes, he writes in the introduction of Mitla Rebbe, that is a memorandum he heard from the Alter Rebbe various years, and he just gathered them. Now, sometimes Alter Rebbe actually took weeks and weeks, like a certain, certain years, Alter Rebbe actually explained Siddur, different tefillas, Shabbos after Shabbos. But he gathered them all together in one book, which was published in the time of the Alter Mitla Rebbe. This was published back then. Mitla Rebbe was an actual publisher of books more than anyone. Of all the Rebbes, besides the Rebbe, our Rebbe, uh, Friedrich Rebbe a little, but the Rebbe, the Mitla Rebbe actually published books, all his books were prepared for publication, Tehras Chaim, and Dara Chaim, and, uh, and so on. And on all the Yom Tevim, you have Shara Muna, and Shara Shara Yichud, Shari Eira, and Hanukkah and Purim, on all the Yom Tevim, and, and Buri Hazeir. Uh, so there, he collects, and there, there so this, so based on this Siddur, a beer in this Siddur, which is really a beer of the Alter Rebbe, now the Alter Rebbe is going to explain this whole idea of number. And this requires a little introduction. Let me tell you what it says there. He's going to basically cite what it says there with plenty of additional explanation. Now, it's interesting, if you remember back, we learned Baruch Shamar, remember the five levels? That's also based on the Siddur, on the, on the Baruch Shamar, earlier explanation. Earlier in this, the Baruch Shama, right before Ashrei. So at the end of the day, I am basically slowly becoming a beer and fill and davening. 
you know, if you really gather, you can like literally see a structure of tefillah emerging. I've already identified quite a few places. Later he speaks about Rimimcha Lekei HaMelech, which is also Ashrei. Lekei HaMelech. So anyway, briefly, let me just tell you what it says in the Siddur there, and then we'll learn it inside here. Uh, we can learn it inside Siddur too, but maybe we'll do that afterwards. He touches the words Zecher, Zecher afterwards. Zecher, by the way, Zecher is, the, the, is with a segel. That's how we're taught to say it. Zecher Aftufcha Yabiyu literally means, I mean, literally means to remember that your great goodness, the greatness of your goodness. Yabiyu that uh, you, uh, that flows. Expresses. That expresses itself, yeah. Navia. Hinnimavia. Yeah. However, Apichsidis, the Alter Rebbe explains, Zecherav Tufcha, as you'll see, every word is precise. He basically is talking about all the hashpas, which means all the transmissions of goodness that God bestows upon us. And he explains, he begins actually explaining it, interestingly, Um, with something about Eirein Sof, a long introduction about Eirein Sof, which also interesting was not cited earlier. If you remember, we spoke about why Eir is called Eir is called Ein Seif, not Shell Ein Seif, for two reasons. You can't say he said because Atmos, um, you know, because because Atmos would be called Ein Chila, that's a better name. And the second reason was because you can't say ain't safe on an etzem because ain't safe is dispastus. Ain't safe means it extends. And the etzem, the essence doesn't extend. So ain't safe, there are things that are, can be ain't safe that are not ain't chila. There are things that have no end that, have, that do have a beginning. And er is itself ain't safe. Chsidis, the Alter Rebbe brings in this mimer an additional reason. That for some reason the Rebbe Rashab did not cite earlier. The additional reason is because you can't say an Atmos, an Eir, you can't say, uh, um, well, what, I'm, I'm sorry, let me clarify. Additional reason why it's, why, what, what, the, what, what Eir is about. So he says, Eir in Sof is, Eir in Sof is Gilead Helam, not Etzim and Hispastus. Because, for example, because you can't see etzmis pashas implies that something is in one place and it extends outward, like the sun and sunlight. Gilehela means it's everything is there and it's just revealing itself. So Eir is a revelation of that which was there in a way that we're speaking about Gilehela here in a higher level. Why am I saying it? Because this is a long introduction there in Siddur, and then he goes into then he goes into Zecharav Tuvchiyabiu. What does he say basically? That this flow of energy. This tev of Eirein Sof that reveals God's goodness has in it Rav, many, many levels. And that's the key thing that's relevant here, Rav, the many levels of goodness. Because Rav is a number. It means many. And this is what he's going to focus on a lot. He's going to speak about this Rav Tuvche, first of all, four levels of, of Hamshacha, which is four Tzimtzumim, Yudke Vavke, Zecher Rav Tuvcha. And then he's going to explain what the word Zecher means. Zecher means to remember, right? Zecher after to remember. But he's going to, Zecher is going to explain, it means that 
we can't count, we can't appreciate directly the Rav Tuvcha, so we only have a number of it. So that's a zechel, is like a zikaron, which is a reminder by giving us a number. So you have a number that by counting you appreciate what the Rav Tuvcha is. Like I said before, with the number of counting treasure. That's what he's going to explain. And then he's going to go into explaining that this Rav, what this number is about. How this number is appreciated by us. How it's appreciated from above. You'll see it from every direction he's going to talk about. It's an example, yeah. It, Rav, Rav Tuvcha means... Well, here we're talking about the number of ten spheres. He's coming using this to explain ten spheres. But uh, Rav Tuvcha per se, no. Rav Tuvcha doesn't say no, right? It just means much. Rav means a lot. That's what it means. Abundance of, an abundance of goodness. I'm only giving an outline. The next two chapters, uh, one second, one, two, three chapters, are all based on this uh, Siddur. And it's uh, quite complicated. But by looking at the Siddur and grounding it a bit, it becomes a little easier to understand. Because it's hard to learn this without seeing the source in the Siddur. Not only the Siddur, I looked it up, that this Zechar Rav Tuvch is actually from the Maimorim of the Alter Rebbe, one of the few. There's a whole Rishima from the Friedrich Rebbe about this. That was said, that, that, that this is a Maimor said by the Alter Rebbe many times. All the way beginning in Tov Kuf, I think uh, the Mems maybe, maybe even, Tov Kuf Nun for sure. In other words, uh, this whole concept that he's going to bring here in Naim Beis is something that the Alter Rebbe discussed many times over the years, my morning on this uh, on this uh, subject matter. If you look in the back of the Siddur, he brings all the whole, all the stages of when he said it. When are they going to come out with it and see if an English? Yeah. So, let's learn it inside, and I think we'll understand it better. But as I said, much of this is the language of the Siddur with explanation of the of the Rebbe Rashab. As far as I can find, I didn't find anywhere else in Chassidus that explains the Siddur, except here, the Rebbe Rashab. So this is like one of the, this is like a Chiddush in Ayim Beis. That's not discussed, but it all brings it all together. Remember, he's discussing Sphere and Misper, so he's, he's uh, connecting it all. Okay. So he says, The Pirush, here's what he explains there. Rav Tufcha, who inyan ribuy hayasaydis. Rav Tufcha means the abundance of good. Tev is Yisod. Ribuy Hayasaydis. Literally means a multitude of foundations. But Yisaydis here is more than just foundations. Yisod is the middle of Yisod. Natsachayd Yisod, the ninth of the, of, the, of the ten spheres. Yisod is Ribuy Hayasaydis. Yisod literally means foundation. Yisod also means connection, bonding, skashlus. So he says the Tev Ubkhinis Yisod. The word Tev, Rav Tufcha, is the level of Yisod. The Kumesh Kosov, Imlu Tzadik Ki Tev. Like it says, Imlu Tzadik Ki Tev, because Tzadik is always the level of Tzadik Yisod Elam. So whenever you see Tzadik, you're talking about Tzadik is like a foundation of the world. So it says, Imlu Tzadik Ki Tev. Or connection to Godliness from the world. It's not what he uses. That's going to be the explanation here, yeah. Kumesh Kosov, Imlu Tzadik Ki Tev. So that's proof that Tev is Yisod. Why? Because every transmission comes from Yisod. Remember, in the spheres, you have like this. You have Chacham Bin Adaz, then you have Chesed Gvur Teferes Netzach Chayid. Yisod is 
comparative to the to the organ that transmits, and Malchus is the recipient, like Zochan and Keva. So Yisod is the transmitter. If you take all the spheres, they all transmit through Yisod. Yisod is like the funnel, the channel through which all spheres transmit into Malchus, which in turn descends into Biyah. Now remember, Malchus we just said is number. So Yisod is the transmitter of all this good. What's that? Okay, so that's Tuv. Rav Tuvcha. What's Rav Tuvcha? What's the Rav? Much abundance of Yisod. If Ribi, I say, Yisod, let me just explain before we continue. Yisod, how does it transmit? Like a funnel. It has to, in Mitzamtzum. If you're going to take Chesed, Gvurit, Teferes, Netzach, and transmit it to lower levels, what Yisod's power is not just that it transmits, that it also knows how to uh, channel it. Channel requires measuring and determining the flow. Not like Malchus does. He said Malchus is the ultimate counter. But Yisod is the one that channels it. So how, what does Ribu say this mean? Meaning Zaf Tufcha. That's Ribu Yatsim Tzumim Shamashpia Mashpil Umetzamtzim Tzatzmei Letzerech Hashpah. These are the multitude of concealments, contractions, that the Mashpia, that the transmitter, Mashpil Umetzamtzim Tzatzmei, lowers himself and diminishes himself in order to transmit. He's going to explain there are four general levels now. Like a chasm. Yeah, chasm goes down, like a chasm. Yeah. Shazet inyan, in the parenthesis, Shazet inyan shay yesod nikritev. And this is the inyan why yesod is called good. Shahu masha mashpia mashmus hasil haskashir ala makabal atansun hasil lefiyadach hamakabal. That's why it's called good. What's the connection between good and this? Because it's the goodness. It's for the goodness of the recipient. That what the mashpia, the transmitter, lowers himself to connect that, to connect to the recipient, and conceals, diminishes himself, commensurate to the recipient. So that's why it's good. So Rav Tufcha, when you say Rav Tufcha today or tomorrow, just keep that order. We'll say it today. Um, Rav Tufcha means the abundance of these simtumim, of this, of these you say. Ribu how you say this. That's the language from from the, the Siddur, means from the Alter Rebbe. So the Alter Rebbe used these words. Like for example, the transmission of intelligence. Yeah. Not only that, also the example. Most of this is from the Mitla Rebbe. It's really from the Alter Rebbe. So we're now, right now reading words of the Alter Rebbe, whose 200th yard site is this year. So, so he's giving out like an example of the transmission of intelligence from a transmitter to a recipient. She has that has within it several concealments. And in general, there are four concealments, which he's now going to explain. Aleph, the first first one, the first concealment. To conceive, to find this ra- the radiation, this radiance of intelligence that is appropriate for the recipient. What does this mean, this tzimtzum? That from the air atzmi, from the energy of his essential intelligence, of the, of the transmitter, 
should be found a dimension of intelligence of, uh, that is appropriate and fitting to the recipient. That's a tzimtzum. So as soon as the mashpia, when he's on his own, he's learning his way. As soon as he's thinking, I want to now transmit this to a student, even if the student's not there, even if he hasn't even begun transmitting, there has to be a certain allocation of resources, so to speak, where he's somewhat some symptom, where he's moving away from his purely his own interest and level of comprehension to to uh, to transmit. I just explain, as it's known, that the Seikhlasmi, the essential intelligence of the transmitter, is not commensurate at all to the recipient. And the proof is, you see this all the time. Go to a teacher, a great teacher, the way he's understanding it, a student who's lower than him is not going to understand it on his level. And definitely not etzema seichel. Ubigde lahamtse er. Seichla, shaychel makabel. And in order to conceive of, in order to find lahamtsi, to. Um, more than general lahamtsi. To be mamtsi. So it's like to innovate almost. To find, to innovate, to conceive of a seichel, er seichel. Listen, of an energy of seichel that is appropriate, that's fitting to the recipient. He has to conceal, has to letzamtim, he has to contract and conceal completely his seichel, his intelligence. Er he keeps using the word er because he's not talking about the seichel itself, the idea itself. He's talking about the intensity of the idea, the intensity of the concept. And then can be found the air, the energy, the intensity of the seichel that is appropriate for the recipient. Remember, in seichel you have like also eris and kalim. Not just the brain and the mind, but also in seichel itself, when you transmit seichel, the kalim are like the words you use, the concepts, the examples. The air has seichel is more like the quality and the intensity and uh, and uh, the, the quality. So you could have... Of the idea. Uh, of the idea, yeah. So really what a teacher has to do is both. He has to be mitzamtzim, both the air and the... In other words, cannot be with the same intensity. Like, you know, for example, a teacher may understand an idea and a thousand other ideas, they're all connected. So you have to, like, take away that intensity. And it's both quantitative and qualitative. What I just said now? The air is more qualitative. No, no, that's not what I. That's what. That's one thing. I didn't say the second thing. The second thing is the intensity. No, there's an intensity when a person knows many ideas together. There's he has a certain higher understanding of the whole thing. Yeah, right. And when this er seichel for the student for the recipient emerges. It's an akudah levad. It's only a point. She efshel ashpia kach elamakabel, and that he cannot transmit to the recipient. Now that he's so-called removed or concealed his own understanding of it, and has now allocated or reserved, and is going to apply it. It's an akudah for him. It's an akudah. It's a point. From his whole big seichel, he's taken one point. One second. Let, let's read. Shum Gilead Makabel. This is now going to the second symptom. This is like a yud. 
Yeah, right. The yud that remains from the whole. It's like uh, yeah, it's like the yud before the kav, before the vav. You strip away everything left of death. Well, in this case, hey, one second. Yeah. For This point is not from this will be no revelation yet to the recipient. He has to now go and this and 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 dissect the details within this point. And he has to conceive of ideas with which he could manifest these. Advarim the the concept the, the the points of the concept in a way by in a way that this should be understood to the recipient. So the first symptom is simply taking moving away from his own concealing his own understanding and preparing this nukud. And this is now the second symptom. They take the nukud at this point and it comes in many details. The be'emes misalim b'za'ir, and as it comes into this details, in truth, the energy and the light of the seichel is really being concealed, as it's known. So, even though you'd think, from the perspective of the recipient, breaking down the details seems to be revelation, in truth, is it's more concealment, because it's it's a second concealment. The first concealment is the concealment of the etzem, the essential understanding of the mashpia. This, this becomes an akudah, now he puts away one akudah, this is going to be now taught to the student. But he has to break it down. But this breaking down for the student is really more concealment. Yeah, I think we had it before. Ukanaida. Yeah, we had it because in a way... If the student can go back to the Nakuda without the details, he gets closer to the concept. It's like the Nakuda Satamsis. So, for example, let's say the teacher begins to teach, says, I'm going to teach now the concept of, um, let's say, uh, uh, numbers. Okay? And he begins with a Nakuda. Then he begins to detail it out. These details are further from the source. But if you go back to the Nakuda, the headline, so you take the details back to the headline, then you take it back, you can get back to the Etzim HaSeichel. It's a process that basically begins with a very wide place, gets to a Nekudah, the Nekudah now is broken into, into words and details that the recipient can receive. That's Simtsum Beis. And all this, meaning these two stages, is all in relation to the Mashpi himself, to the transmitter himself. And afterwards, and afterwards, when he has to reveal and transmit it to the recipient, in this too, there are two tzimtzumim. So the first two tzimtzumim are within the mashpia, basically the yud and the hay in the mashpia. The yud is tzimtzum alaf, he takes all his ideas, it's a yud and a kudah. He then takes the hay, he's all in the mashpia. A hay is a wide, expansive, and expands it into details. And then comes the transmission to the recipient, which in here there's also two more tzimtzumim. Because now, ditch which which he broke down, the dissected the details in the in the point, which is tzimtzum one and tzimtzum two. It's all still in his own thought. That's not yet relationship with speaking, with communicating. 
in order to actually transmit, he has to organize his words, how to transmit, and how to um, direct, how to channel. Mechalkel, mechalkel chayim. Make it palatable. How does mechalkel chayim translate? Mechalkel, he bestows. Okay, but here. Nourishes. Nourishes. Okay, lechalkel dvarav, meaning, he's trying to say that it means more than just breaking down the word, to organize. Also to, there's a word for it, to, uh, like a scalpel, uh, to, uh, not carve. Lechalkel dvarav. To, um, not shape, lechalkel dvarav, yeah, 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 there's a word. When you choose the right words, not just choosing words, you choose the right words. Precision. In order for it to be received by the recipient. Something like carve. Carve. But no, it's not bestow here. Lechalkadvarov means he's taking lechalkadvarov. That's what says the Sadat Dvarim says the word before. Lechalkel, Lechalkel Dvarim is a little more. The Sadat is to organize his words. Lechalkel would mean to, um, <laughs> I'm trying to find, when a writer finds the precise words. Lechalkel Dvarim. Sustains. Sustains, okay. No, no, it's sustaining because when you feed, for example, different people, you have to feed them according to what they, right. it's like, <laughs> It's not allocated. Lechalka, there's a word. It's, it's almost like when a, what a surgeon does with a scalpel. It's like, um, it's a precision. It's a word precision. Shazel gamkin simpson legabe, kameshachesh Which This too is a simpson compared to how he thinks of the idea to himself. So now it's third symptom. The third symptom is that when he's actually transmitting, he has to transmit with the particular words, and to direct it and sh- and, and, sh- and and maybe fashion, fashion, like the fashion of, the words. The top of the vav. I don't know, but the top of the vav, it's fine, maybe. Like you think, the, the, so it's a symptom compared to how he thinks to himself. Even the details of the second symptom. That's what he's saying. I know, but pale, but it's definitely, he says, this was. Because now he's talking, okay, let's go back. He said, that was in the Mashpia This is the process of being Megala to the Makabal. I don't know if it's actually being Megala or is a step before. But he's calling this now, is not Machshava, he's calling this now Dibur Sheba Machshava. That's right before he talked, yeah. Meaning this is the speech within thought that is already thought has it relates to speech. So when you're thinking your own, you have the nakuda, the point, you break it down into details, you haven't yet found the precise words that you're going to speak to the student. This third symptom is the precise words. I think I was using fashion, by the way. That was the word I was looking for. And then when he actually transmits to the student, that's Maisa, that's action. So we have Machshav Adibur Maisa right here. That's action. This is what Akimah Svasav have a Maisa. 
because the movement of your lips is considered like action. Did anything change in the selection of words from the third stage to the fourth stage? Not necessarily. Yeah. But there has to be a fourth symptom. Let's see. Let's let's continue. Let's see what he says. He's explaining these two symptoms now in a different way. It looks like. Also, these two tzimtzumim, as the seichel intelligence is revealed, is what he reveals first, the general idea. And then afterwards, he breaks it down and, and, and explains him the details. So it looks like it's a little differently how he explains these two tzimtzumim. That's what it seems like to me. Is that What would you think? Is that correct? I have to look it up in the Siddur again. This gam sounds to me like a little differently... Sounds like he's replacing the last two. With another option, too. Yeah. So language is a little. The yeah, definitely two different ones because before the last two tzimtzum, the third and fourth before was he finds the right words and then there's the actual that's Tibur. And then there's Maisa, which is when he actually transmits. Here, he's going lower, that even the revelation of this to the student, there's also two levels. One is, he gives it to him in general, and then he breaks it into details. He says four. Why is the fourth? Where's the fifth? Maybe because the last two, but he just says another way of explaining the last two. He explains the last two in two different ways. This is the marshal. Last one, not the last one. Last two. Yeah, but I think it's awesome. Gam Beis Hatsimtsumim. Yeah, but Gam Beis Hatsimtsumim. See, Gam Beis? Yeah. Okay. I'm not positive, but it looks like to me explains the last two this differently. I look it up in the Siddha to see how he explains it there. But let's move on for now. This is all an example. The same thing is above. All this is a marshal. In the transmission of energy from the source of the source of the emanator to the emanations. That in this transmission or emission, this transmission there is a multitude of tzimtzumim of concealments from level to level. Remember Rav Tuvcha. He's explaining the Tuv is what Tuv is the of the transmitter, the source, transmitting all these levels is for the good of the student, of the recipient. And in general, there's four levels. So he says, there's many levels. The general four is just a breakdown, but it's really many more. As it's known, the 15 vavin. When we say and so on. So there's 15 vavs. That, you know, you don't say, you don't have kama, you can say, M is Yatsiv Nochem, there's Vav, M is Yatsiv Nochem, and so on. Shein Tez Vav, you say, what are the 15? 
Vovs. What's a vov? A vov is ashpa. A vov, remember, is always a transmitter. Because it transmits a channel. They are the 15 Yusaydis. They are the 15, the vovs are 50, but vov in Tiskater. Right. So there, there's also fifteen. No, he says revolving tiskater. Yeah, this is also from the Siddur. Vegam kameshama elaf alof veri berivavas pamim hatevis, and also what it says elaf alofim. Elif alofim means Elif alofim means a thousand thousands. That's a hundred thousand. A thousand thousand is a million. Elif. Yeah. 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 is ten thousand. So ten thousand ten thousands. Huh? Well, ten thousand ten thousand is a hundred thousand. Yeah, two point zero is a hundred million. Huh? Yeah, two point zero is a hundred million. So that's a so elef alofim is is one million. Elef one thousand thousand. Elef alofim. It's basically millions. Millions, yeah. Because elef alofim and the rebbe of avos is ten thousand, ten thousands is billions. Let's say hundred million. Multiple hundred millions. Pamim hatevis. Meaning that so Elif Alof Ribri Vav is Pam Matevis that are the the Ribri thousands of thousands and tens of thousands of ten thousands of times Pamim Matevis are are Pamim Matevis are his good is that many times. So I'm sorry, I missed. What's the Tiskater? The expression as Amar B'Shvachin as he says. I'm not sure the translation. He's looking it up. I think it means it referring to Zusaidus. What does Vovin mean? How does he translate Vovin? May the Shkina be surrounded by the six laws on your side, and may they correspond to the two sets of six laws in the other articles of the Beis Hamikdash. The Vovin. What is Tiskater? It's Katedus. Yeah. How does he translate that? The actual words. This is for this. Shkina. Oh, but is the six laws. It is going to be surrounded by the six laws on the side of the table. Maybe Robin is the six right. laws. No. Oh, so it's, uh, two, what is he saying? Two. Vovin, the bottom line it's Vovs. I have to look up Vovin to scout to what it means. There must be in Chsidis and Kabbalah. But, yeah, it's a Hamshach. That's the cancer Zain Zichr. Hamshach. Okay. One second. And there's also Elif Alof of the Ribri Vovs, Pomim Atevis, that many times, tens and tens of thousands, thousands and thousands of thousands, thousands times thousands, and ten thousands times ten thousands times are your good. Basically, all these numbers are the are the multitude of concealments by Shpolos from Shachos in the descent and the and the uh, and the transmission of the energy.
And in general, there are four tzimtzumim, four concealments, the four letters of Havaya. As it's known that the letters of Havaya, which is the name of Hashem, the, the, the tetragrammaton, so the letters themselves signify they carry and they transmit the energy through these two four symptoms. So let's say, think of it like I've given the example of a beam of light, of a uh, projector, just white light. You put the yud, hey, vov, hey, so it transmits the light in a particular fashion. So the yud, hey, the shape and the actual shape of the letters is actually a carrier to of, of the way transmission happens. So yud, kevovke is shaped in these four stages that he described before in the Moshul. And what are they? Like it says elsewhere, that the transmission of the Kav, the ray of light, from the infinite light, has in it the Shem Avaya. The Kav has Yud Kevovke. The head, the top of the Kav, of the transmission of the Kav, is like a Yud. This is how it is above Ak. The first transmission after the Tzimtzum is a Yud. And the Hay is the world of Adam Kadman, the primordial man. This already brings the Nakuda of the Kav, the, part, the Yud, into many details. Like we say, glance and see, look. More than glance. Glance and, and look. Which is what we said earlier, if you remember, we learned about this Adam Kadman. That is that one snapshot, that one glance that carry, that contains all the details of existence. So it has all the details, but it's all behelam, it's all concealed in the mashpiyah still. It's still the details within the Nakudas. So you have one symptom, the Yud of the Kav. Ak is symptom two. Vav, then comes three. The Vav, the line. Hubchinis yitzirah de klolos. That's yitzirah de klolos. Like a kudim and a kudim. Vahey and the final hey. In the, in the nimshal. In the moshal, yeah. Yeah, in the first way. Vahey hubchinis ha-shetach datzilis. And the hey is already shetach. It's now a plane. It's a space. That's where atzilis, with Eris and Kalim, come into, into a full, full body. This is different, yeah. This is of different ways. Here he's talking in Kolos Ishtalshlus. Sometimes Yud is Chachma, Bina is Hey, Midas is Za, Za is Vav, and Malchus is. But it's all microcosm, macrocosm. In this, in this case, and you talk about the, this is from the perspective of Atzilus the Kolos. This is the whole picture. I think he's going to say now the, the more broken down one. No, it says the clause isn't that before the before the tzimtzum. Here it doesn't say that. Yeah, he doesn't use the clause. He doesn't use the clause. He uses the nukuda of the yud of after the tzimtzum because the tzilz the clause is not a tzimtzum. Right, so We're talking about after the first tzimtzum is the yud that where the kav begins. Because he's talking here for tzimtzum. He's not talking, they're talking about after. Itself, where it begins, no? Yeah, yeah. If you technically, it's malchus neinsev becomes the beginning of the kav. Yeah. Like it is a whole new K-Bub K that exists. 
You give off case throughout all Ishtashals. You'll find it everywhere. You find it in every dimension. From before the Tzimtzum, to make the Tzimtzum is actually also you gave off but now we're learning it from the point after. He's talking here from the beginning. Right now, this interpretation is the, from the Tzimtzum yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hologram. That's the one. It's the hologram. Same formula all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Gamla he's now giving now another, uh, explaining another way. And also higher than this, Hayud Ubchinus Nukudis Adeshimu. That the Yud, the first Yud, instead of saying it's the Kav, he's saying now it's the point of the Rishimu. The Rishimu is the residue the, that remains. The, 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 what did we say? Huh? Rishimu we said was the, the impression that remains after the Tzimtzum. The Nukudis This point encompasses within it everything that will reveal in the entire cosmic order. Vahey, this is another interpretation. Higher. This is a higher interpretation. This is really from language of Eimek HaMelech, by the way. The first explanation that I just said is more Eitz Chaim. Eimek HaMelech is the Kabbalah of Rabbi Sol Sarug, who is also a Talmud of Darizal, but he introduced the Shima you don't find anywhere in Eitz Chaim. Rishimu and, and Malbush and Levush, whenever you see those words, that comes from the Kabbalah of Rabbi Sol Sarug. Rishimu, you don't find that that's the Shem Shekhelem, all that word? No, Emek HaMelech. From, it's, a different, it's a different student of that Rizal, it was Magal of that. So this took from all the students? Yeah, well, it's a whole parsha because Rabbi Chaim Vital, the student of Rizal, writes in his introduction that he's giving a Shavuah, that that Rizal said, only, I'm the only one. And he asks is learning any other thing. So the Rebbe has Ha'aris about this, that Alta Rebbe began quoting from Emek HaMelech and Mishnah's Chassidim, which is also a student of the Sol Sarug. Sol Sarug was a student of the Arizal who left Tzfas, went to Italy, but he brought, but his, and he had students who, who he taught things, he also wrote some Sfarim, he wrote a Sefer called, not Shivrei Luchas, uh, what's his Sol Sarug Sefer? Shever Yesef, I think. Not that is Rab Chaim Vital. So the Rebbe has whole things that 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 the, the Alter Rebbe is also a uh, figure. He also has a power. He basically the Rebbe brings the Rebbe has a whole sikh in Tov Ches. I think it's printed somewhere. The same thing is by the way. There's a shvur that also you should learn Meir Nevuchim. You know that look in Meir Nevuchim because it was only made for. They're perplexed because they can confuse. Also, from that tchufa, uh, the, the 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 Rambam writes in his introduction. I think so. Yeah. So the Rebbe, the Rebbe brings it's a whole thing. There's a shal shuva from Yisrael from Yosef Irgas from Shem uh, Ramunim. He has a shal shuvas. He asked, all ask the question. So how do we learn it? Basically, they found that there's a, there's a halachatik question about this. If someone, someone that they write a sefer and then asks you, others to learn it or something, it's a whole parsha. They never spoke about it in Lamed Ches. It's, it's interesting. Uh, we're not talking about. He didn't. Rachaim Metal doesn't say the other Kabbalah is uh, not Torah. He just says he was the one that transmitted. We're not talking about learning. It's a whole pasha. It's not for now, but I could show you some sources for it. And bottom line is, the Rebbe brings notice that once the Alter Rebbe brings Mishchus Sidim Emekamelech, it's clear that we can learn that. 
Shashu Melech Batsmuse is a language from Emek Kamelach. Sometimes it says Achsidus that it's brought Dafke Emek Kamelach, not an Eitz Chaim. There's quite a Rishimu is a concept not an Eitz Chaim. Achsidus explains that you could find it hinted to once you know it's there. But it's a whole. It's it's a language that you find in Emek Kamelach. I don't know. That's a question you could ask. They're all called Achronim. It doesn't matter. It, it could be because the gili had to be in stages. I don't know. You know, we have ein lono ella ar al shalshalas. What would I say? You know, for me, the, I, I don't know about an adizal and v'chaim v'tal without an altereb anyway. So what's the difference? <laughs> Whatever he says goes. <laughs> Uh, there's discussions in this. It's not, we don't have to, we don't have to uh, be creative. There are discussions in, in Shuvish, Halochish questions. The Rambam, the Rebbe spoke about the Rambam and the Rachav, all in one shot. It was Lamad Ches, I remember vividly, I think after Pesach around. I think they made a, they didn't make a liquid out of it. I think there's even a Sikha, one of the Kutte Sikhas about it. But the bottom line is, the second language he's using here, I see, the language is Shimu, and Reish Lamad Alf Sha'odim, the Elam HaMalbush, is from Emek HaMelech. So what is he saying? What's the hey in this? So the Yud here is the Shimu. The first one was the Yud is the Kav, the beginning of the Kav. Ak is the hey. The Vav is Yitzhidah the Klolos. And the hey Achreina, the last hey is Atzilus Shatach. Atzilus the Protest. Here, which is Asiyah the Klolos. By the way, it is Asiyah. That's Akim Mesvatsu. It is Asiyah the Klolos. Here, the, the Yud is the Kudus the Shimu. He says the Lamayla Yeser. So the Shema clearly is higher. Reish Lam and Aleph Sha'odim are 231 gates. The Elam HaMalbish, to be specific. Elam HaMalbish, there's Malbish and there's uh, Lavush. Malbish is the one that dresses up in a garment. The example he uses in Eimekamelech is that Eirin Sof, this is not brought in Eitzchayim. Eirin Sof is like a, an entity that was, had no garments. He dressed himself, he's a Malbish. He dressed himself up in a Lavush. And then he folded the Lavush into four. And that becomes what we call the tzimtzum, and so on. That's the language of the Emek HaMelech. So that's the hey, all these gates, it's an expansive. And the kavav is now, the vav now is the revelation of the kav. So before we said the kav, the, the kav began with the yud. Now the, the kav is the third level. Is the revelation of the kav that comes after tzimtzum hamalbish. The tzimtzum hamalbish means the concealment of the one that was dressed up. V'hu inyan deishis hakav and that's the beginning of the kav that's higher than ak. So in this second interpretation, level one before is now level three. and the final hay is ak, according to this. Well, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it makes sense. Is it a one word you just said, hologram? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely that way. You'll find it everywhere. There's Havaya even on our face. Yudke yeah. Vovke is also on our face. Is it? The eye is like a Yud, the nose is Vov. Um, the, the, the eye, one second, Yud, Vov. The mouth is the last hey I know. Yudke. Uh, I forgot what the first Yud is. Yud. The, the eyes, the yud, I'm almost sure the yud. No, maybe the eyes are the hey, the ears are something. Maybe the ears are the hey, and the eyes are the yud. The nose is the vov, and the mouth is the hey. So it's a yud ke vov ke. 
Yeah. And then the body is like this. I mean, the, it's everywhere you're going to find this. This is everywhere. Yudke Vovke is a general way. It, it, it actually makes it beautiful. Also, the science is this way. You have the same principles that apply on many levels. Look, everything is zeros and ones in computer language. Zeros and ones are like a gulim and kav. Circles and lines. It's everywhere you're going to find Remember, Yud is always at symptom concentrated. A He is always an expansion. Vav is in the transmission. Tell me something in life that doesn't have those, you need those three things. And then the final He is the recipient, receiving it. That's generally the picture. He's, here he's spilling out which levels he's talking about here. So the final because He is done by the recipient? The here he explained it his way. I don't want to go different. There are other ways that it's explained. Here he basically explained the four in the muscle. The last two a little differently. Maybe that's why the last two a little differently are. The, are, are yeah. I can understand the last one. I can't understand the third one. Okay, so. This is not in the makabel. This is all the mashpia and the process of ashpa. And the process of ashpa. He's not talking about purely the recipient. Sometimes the final hey is the recipient receiving the idea. Here he's not talking about that. Here he's talking about the final step is the process, the maisa of the teacher. Or the details that he breaks it down. Because remember, we're talking about raf tufcha, the God's goodness. All these levels have to be God's transmission. We're not talking about receiving now. And all this are the concealments and the way that energy is transmitted. It's all Rav Tufcha is explaining here. And commensurate according to the intensity. Here, Ribri and Gadel. Ribri means many, multitudes of Gadel. And the greatness of the energy, magnitude of the energy. Fundamentally, In other words, now he's saying that it's Tzumim. Remember we said before that all this is Tuv, goodness. It's not concealment in a negative way, it's concealment in order for good. So he says, according to the greatness and the magnitude of the of the fun, of, and the, of the essential energy, so too are the mag, of the multitude of the concealments. The kolshayer godl v'nayla said, because the higher and greater the energy is, it requires more concealments in the in the descent. Of the energy, till it should become commensurate to the recipient. So you understand the tzimtzumim, the higher the energy, the more tzimtzum it needs. No, because the student has to have a tzimtzum to receive it. So if, you, if, if it's not such a great energy, you don't need a tzimtzum. You don't need such a tzimtzum. In other words, basically all this is demonstrating, that's what he's saying, that's why it's a rav tufcha. Why doesn't it say Rav Gvureizcha? It should say not Rav Tuvcha. It should say Rav Gvureizcha. How great are your are your is your power? Like you say, Hein Hein Gvureizov, because this is all the power to conceal. So you say no, it's the power to reveal. So basically, it's because of the greatness. Zel Inya Rav Tuvcha. That means the abundance of your goodness. Shebashpoz v'amshocha se'er min amaitzel, which means because of the transmission and the emission. Of the energy from the emanator, Yeshbazadibu Yesaidis has many Yesaidis. We said Yesaidis Tev. Achiyeb Efshalihis Kabul. Till it should become possible to receive.
So that's Rav Tufcha, this whole explanation. It's Rav Tufcha, four Tzimtzum in general, and it's all expression of Tufcha. Other places explain sometimes that the power to conceal requires more good because you need to innovate. You need more power to conceal than to reveal. But here he's saying that because the higher the revelation, the more symptom it requires. However, what it says, what's Zecher? Rav Tufcha. Why do you need the Zecher? Zecher means like it's only a glimpse, a memory, a Zecher, a sign. Which means only a reflection and only a, a, a small diminished amount of this abundance of good. Why? Because the malachim de biyah, because the angels of Bria, Tzir, Nasiya, it's impossible for them, not possible for them to receive this abundance of good. And the transmission from the infinite light of the emanator. Even after it comes down with all the concealments of these Yisaitis, like you said, all these, all these uh, foundations, all these um, gradations. Only a reflection alone. Only a reflection alone can they receive what was transmitted to them through from level of Malchus. And this is what it says afterwards in Ashrei. And your uh, your virtues, your justice, your kind, your goodness, your generosity. I will praise. I will, I will, sing about. yeah, sing about. Bechinus Tzedek, Malchusa Kadisha. The level of Tzedek, Malchusa Kadisha. The level of Tzedek is the level of Malchus, the holy Malchus. That's why it says Zecher. Because the Malachim, the lower levels... What does it prove? What does it give us that, that he brings this? Yeah. It's also from Siddur. Um, and Siddur would be righteousness. What? Yeah, no, right, he's using right, so as righteousness. That's good, yeah, not as um, justice here. Not Gevurah. Is it talking about the Malachim? Ashri Yeshua Vesachah is really talking about us. Asher Yeshua Vesecha is the lover of the ones that sit in your home. Is that talking about Malachim? Anyway, this, the thing is like this. In the next chapter, he's going to talk spoken about Zecher as it refers to us. I have to look it up, but I think what he's trying to say is Zecher Rav Tufcha. Let me see it a second. No, I understand. I just want to see the language. No, because it says, Ashley, Om That's the nation. It's because they will express the remembrance of your abounding goodness. It looks like it's talking about we, we, we're talking about they, the Malachim, who will express. 
So the Malachim only can express Zecher, only a reflection. They don't really get the Ashbar from Atzilis itself. They have to get it through Malchus, which is only a reflection. That's what Sitchos Giraneinu, he said, no, 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 not necessarily. It's about us. But we're speaking also about them, like we say in Kaddish, in Kaddish, Kaddish. We're speaking, it looks like, because it says they, they will. I have to look up exactly in Siddur. I'll look it up and I'll explain it further tomorrow. But let me do the Kitzur. Ubishara Kavonis Kosov Mispera Yom Bamalchus. In Shara Kavonis he says that Mispera Yom is a Malchus. Kihu Megala de Yom Ayom Melyanin. Because Kihi Megala. Shara Hakinuim. I'm sorry I said Because it's usually Shara Kavonis from that Israel. Shara Kinuim. Right. He writes Mispera Yom Malchus. I should look it up here. Because Malchus is, reveals the Yom Melyanin, the higher supernal days. Sheyesham Mispera Akshayin Bkhinis Akbolov is Chalkus. Where there is a number. But they're not yet defined, infinite, defined and distinct. And the Malchus, they come into a defined, distinct state. And through this, they become revealed. And we'll understand this according to what it says. These are the many you say, the foundations, the tave of the transmitter. These are the many multitude of concealments. And in general, there are four levels of tzimtzum. Like for example, in the transmission of intelligence, here he doesn't sum up what they are. And above there, the four letters of Here he says it differently a little. I mean, he says the same idea. The Yud is the beginning of the Kav. The He, Vav, He is Ak, is Biyahaklolim. Biyahaklolus is Ak. Yitzira Klolus is the Vav, is Akudim, right? And Asiya Klolus is Atzilus Pratis. Gam, the second interpretation, Yud Rishima, He Elam Amalbish, the world of the dresser upper. Vav Gilia Hakav, the revelation of the Kav, He Ak. Second interpretation. And the angels receive only a reflection from this energy that comes through all these concealments. That comes through Tzadik Machus Kadisha. Tzadik Machus Yerenenu means like this. It means like this. It means Rav Tufcha Yabiu. Zecher Rav Tufcha Yabiu. We remember the greatness of your, the, the abundance of all your Tzimtzumim. Tzadik Yerenenu. And we sing the praise of your Tzadik, of Malchus. Because it's coming through Malchus. Basically, it's coming through Malchus. It's not you saw directly. It's through, through, a, through, a, through a reflection. Okay, so we finished chapter 84, page 160 through the top of 162.